Well, um, not quite the, the, the um, theme I was expecting there, but um, the Isle of Man government risks fanning the flames of a world on fire, according to the Green Party's Andrew Lang and Newton. But is he right? The claim is made as government looks to vary the conditions of Kroger's gas exploration licence, which has received intense scrutiny in recent key sittings. There does seem to be a growing chorus of international organisations and governments suggesting that further attempts to find fossil fuels will cause real danger to the future of humanity. But is this just scaremongering? I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing, Andrew Lang and Newton, that you would suggest that it's, it's not just scaremongering. No, I, I agree. So thank you for inviting me on the show, Phil Fastamai, for, um, for, to, to raise this issue. And I think it's really important, really germane, that we talk about this and we hold our MHKs accountable to what was talked about in the House of Keys last Tuesday, uh, just under a week ago. And for those who, who are not sad politics geeks like uh, you and me, <laughs> uh, what was happening? Because uh, uh, this, this isn't the first time this has been raised in the House of Keys. There's been a series of questions, haven't there? Uh, what particularly was there in the question time uh, last week that, um, that um, got you so animated by this so uh, as your listeners i'm sure will be aware there's a, a private company in the Isle of Man who has been granted which has been granted a license by the Isle of Man government to explore for fossil fuels that license um, has a number of stages uh, phases and uh, it was varied in 2022 to give an extension to that company for the time to explore and last week in the house of keys um uh, from a number of members of the House of Keys, uh, mainly um, a member of the House of Keys, uh, Mr Thomas, but also uh, Miss Christian, MHK. Um, there was questions put to the Chief Minister and uh, the Treasury Minister and then to uh, the uh, Department of Infrastructure Minister, Minister Crookall, MHK, um, about the licence and about what was taking place with Kroger and... Um, and there was a, a particular question from um, Mr. Thomas about the variation or prospect of that uh, license being varied to allow Kroger to drill for gas, um, initial wells, prospective wells, uh, prospecting, prospecting wells, I should say, uh, to see if the gas there before specific actions um, which were supposed to take place um, took place. And that specifically was a, a 3D seismic survey that was supposed to that is supposed to on the current license take place in phase B of the license. And um, what Minister Crookall said was that Kroger have asked the Department of Infrastructure, the government by extension, um, to vary the licence so they no longer have to take that seismic survey before drilling and to go straight to the drilling in phase C. Now, as you say, the Isle of Man Green Party were incensed by this. We have great concerns, which are on the record, as to why there's even a licence, why that um, has been granted and why it was varied in 2022. We wrote to the Minister of the Infrastructure at the time, who was which was um, Minister Crookall and then was Minister Thomas, um, in, um, interestingly. And we wrote to him at the time before that license, uh, at the time of that license being varied, that was still varied um, to give the Kroger a longer period of time. Now, again, we're writing to the minister before there is any variation to say to the minister, 
if he decides to vary the license, which we don't think should take place, he should take into account a list of things that we think are important, such as the duties of public bodies under the Climate Change Act, such as the Paris Agreement, an international agreement the Isle of Man has signed up to um, on reducing emissions and trying to keep global temperatures uh, below 1.5 degrees of pre uh, before pre uh, from pre-industrial levels. Um, amongst many other things, such as the Human Rights Act. Um, and we think the minister, if he decides to take this decision, which we think would be very bad for the global environment, for the people and the environment in the Isle of Man, he should explain why the decision accords with those list of things. But surely, I mean, Kroger wouldn't spend the, the likely millions uh, that are going to be involved just drilling a hole in the seabed on the off chance that they'll find some gas. They, they, they must have some pretty sound reasons for wanting to vary their licence and must have some fairly sound uh, information that where they propose to drill is the right place, surely. Well, um, that's, that's a hope, but that hope would have to be evidence. I mean, it, when you're talking millions of pounds, that needs to be more than a hope, surely. Uh, uh, significant millions, but the cost would be so much to the Isle of Man environment if there was a well dug and or, or drilled and um, there were environmental consequences for it. We've seen the countlessly around the world where there's been environmental costs to communities because of wells being badly, uh, badly drilled and uh, leakages and explosions and things like that. So the appropriate safeguards in place and um, for, we can't understand why the 3D seismic survey then should not take place before the drilling. These uh, proper protection mechanisms are there to, to ensure that the next stages take place appropriately. So um, it hasn't been explained to the Green Party. We've only just written to the minister last Friday um, and um, so we haven't received the response yet, but once we have received that response, we'll be publishing that because this is a matter of public importance. Um, but um, the government shouldn't just be handing out our environment to private companies without the proper uh, processes being in place. And the guidance from the UK government shows that seismic surveys should take place prior to the drilling of any wells. So if the Isle of Man government decided, well, we're going to stand outside of the UK guidance um, from the regulator in the UK um, and allow drilling prior to a seismic survey, um, then that just seems entirely unusual and outside of the process. And um, that would deserve an explanation. And that poses a risk to the Isle of Man then if the guidance is otherwise than that. Many people um, will recognise that there's a very serious risk to Isle of Man government in that this year we are working on a £150 million deficit and they will be attracted at the prospect of getting some income from exploiting the Isle of Man's gas reserves. Um, do, do you understand that um, sort of thinking and that perhaps uh, actually this is a, a convenient way to get us out of a particularly difficult financial hole that we seem to be in? 
I, I could I could understand people might come to that conclusion, but I think it's a paper thin conclusion. We go back to 2018, where there was the first announcement about Kroger uh, from the then Minister Boot um, and others, and um, the Green Party were on the radio at that time calling for it not to take place and, and license not to be issued because we'd just had the um, huge report from the IPCC showing that the world was now facing serious um, serious climate change and it was uh, the situation was only exacerbating and the Gailaman government proceeded despite that report despite all the evidence to issue the license but at that time I th- my recollection is that Kroger were talking about it taking between five and six years for gas to come out of the ground anyway um, and, and revenue presumably then to start to be generated once you've got gas you can sell it but if we're now in 2023 going into 2024 and we're talking about five to six years we're talking about 2029 2030 we're talking about the engagement then of isle of man legal government legal commitments to uh, for interim redu- reduction targets ha- one of our questions is how does this decision if it takes place to vary the license how does that accord to the isle of man government's legal obligations to reduce emissions uh, by the 2030 target and then the next interim target of 2035 um I think it's a 35% reduction from 2018 baseline for the 2030 target. Um, so actually, I mean, the world is massively decarbonizing. We see the pace of change in China, the amount of renewable energy that's built there, solar panels, batteries, wind turbines, uh, air source heat pumps, electric vehicles. The world is massively decarbonizing. And the IEA, in their report they released two weeks ago, they're saying there can't be any new gas exploration. There shouldn't be any new gas deposits coming out of the ground um, by 2030. So this actually would run contrary to that. So actually, is there going to be any money for gas by 2029, 2030? And I imagine, again, it's not for me to put words into ministers' mouths, although occasionally I try to. Um, But but I'm sure the minister, were he here, uh, would say, well, we're going to have to be using gas anyway as a transition fuel. Uh, so it may as well be our gas earning us some income as uh, somebody else's gas. Uh, surely to goodness there's, there's some reason and logic to that uh, um, suggestion. With respect, again, I would say questionable on, on reasonable grounds on the basis that uh, what what entitlement do we have to that gas? So Kroger are there to sell it. They entire, they bring it out of the ground. There might be some revenue for the Isle of Man government if it ever comes out of the ground and it can ever be sold. But we're seeing these markets in the world massively decarbonising. A pace of five to six years to get gas, to the idea that it could even generate revenue. These markets are going to be exhausted. They're going to be massively depleted because the answer is the cheapest form of energy generation we know now is solar and then wind and so actually we should be investing in the cheapest forms of energy generation in the Isle of Man. And uh, there are options uh, that are being explored at the moment certainly the the wind farm uh, offshore which is being um, explored by Orsted and indeed the one at Airy Stain and the Skird. but all of these have their challenges, though, don't they? And you know, there will be plenty of people listening to this programme. And you know, I should say that I have a an interest in that uh, the Airy Stain uh, development is in my backyard, so to speak. Um, but there will be people listening to this programme who will be saying, you know, what price uh, for uh, this uh, move to decarbonise and re- renewable what price in terms of environmental destruction habitat loss is acceptable 
uh, in relation to renewable energy. And I would add to that, Phil, um, the uh, Balawan solar farm, uh, which planning application went in in, I think, January or February 2023 this year. The Alaman the Green Party wrote to the planners in August this year to say this and set out why. And you can find a copy of that correspondence on our website, www.greenparty.im, um, to set out why it was really important to grant planning for uh, renewable energy schemes, such as the Balawan solar scheme, setting out the legislation, the regulation, which we've all passed over the over the last decade to support energy now now we've got an example of a private company offering that to the isle of man and so the planners have got the they've got the option in their hands to grant that and to f- facilitate a real decarbonization um so that's a great opportunity for the isle of man as well and uh, again the uh, th- the Orsted opportunity is there, isn't it? I mean, this, this is being promoted. Um, are there any risks, though, in terms of, you know, because I, I know the Isle of Man steam packet, for example, um, have concerns about the proliferation of wind farms in the Irish Sea, making it more difficult for them to be able to navigate. Um is there not um, perhaps a little bit of putting the cart before the horse in some of this decarbonisation uh, agenda, certainly the government's decarbonisation agenda, in that we don't seem to be doing uh, very much by way of sorting out the energy waste that there is in the island? You know, the island's housing stock, for example, is, is generally very poorly insulated. Um, and the, the the sort of the green living uh, grant and the various other grants that have been available from time to time hardly even scratch the surface. Yes, yeah, so you raise some really important important points there, so Phil. So thank you for that. And on the first point about the the steam packet, uh, what we have is a changing climate where the wind, where the storms are getting more powerful, where the ocean um, and the sea levels are rising as well, and so the cost of inaction is huge. Uh, dramatic and um, it's really difficult to understand how these complex networks all fall together, all come together in in affecting our society but it is happening now and we're seeing this in the hottest year on record what we're, the United Nations are, are describing now, even though we're only in um, just in November um, they're saying that it's looking like a 1.43 plus uh, average global temperatures at, from pre-industrial levels, so we're almost at the 1.5 and this is a huge concern because these we live on an island we depend or and there was a statistic from uh, Sir Tim Smith who founded the Eden Project who I heard speak earlier this year and he had I'm not clear where he got the statistic but I think it was something like um, between three and five percent of our food is grown in the Isle of Man I can't remember it was something in that region but that really illustrates how fragile our society is and how dependent we are on transport on and off the island and if our weather systems are curtailing that transport are making delays and we're, we're in the middle of a storm at the moment aren't we which is uh, impacting the steam packet um, if that's going to become more ever present it's going to become more and more difficult to live on the Isle of Man so action needs to take place now because the real tests are right in front of us staring in our faces especially as we go into this winter in the hottest year on record so there's that point as well so you, you raise a really good point about the um, the fabric in our building stock um, 
the Alemhang Green Party in the consultation for the Climate Change Act back in uh, 2020 and 2019, we were very keen to emphasise how there needed to be improved standards on the housing stock we were building now. Its strategic plan 2016 proposed 5,500 buildings um, in the next decade, um, but they're not being built with air source heat pumps. They're not being built with... Um, we would say um, the, the uh, appropriate standard of insulation. But they are being built to a far better standard than the 40,000 plus homes that many of us uh, live in, uh, which are not particularly well insulated. And, uh, well, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I would have thought that that might have been one of the first places to look when it comes to uh, decarbonising. You know, you could... Because, uh, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I do get the feeling that uh, there's still a very large proportion of uh, the Manx population who are at best lukewarm and possibly even cynical to the whole green agenda yeah, yeah. and uh, need some pretty sound convincing. And I, I can't think of a better way of convincing someone uh, that actually this is a this is a journey worth taking than substantially reducing the cost of their heating bills. Well, this is a really good point. And, and one point I heard, um, going back to the wind turbine point, Octopus Energy, who uh, Greg Jackson, who leads Octopus Energy in the UK, uh, a really forward thinking organisation, and they build wind turbines around the um, the, uh, the UK. And if, you, um, if you're near a wind turbine site built by Octopus Energy, and you can see the wind turbine turning, then if you go with a contract with them, they'll offer you 50% off on your electricity bill. And since they've done that proposal, it's called the Octopus Energy fan page or something or fan group. Since they've done that, they've got communities approaching them going, come and build your wind turbines near us. That's a way to capture the imagination and connect people with these um, with these turbines, these tall structures, which you'll be able to see. Uh, well, you specifically, but many others in the south of the island. I, I live in the south. I'm not sure if I'll be able to exactly see them from my house, but close by. Um, that will connect them with the change that needs to take place to address this this crucial issue of climate change that's going to that is materially affecting us now and will continue to do so at an increasing rate. Um, so that's one example. But yeah, um, you're absolutely right. One thing I would ask for clearer guidance from the Island Man government or clearer information is their heat pump scheme. So the Manx Utility has been running a heat pump scheme since I think about 2019, maybe earlier, where they'll offer interest-free loans. Uh, I think initially that was for 50 properties. Then it was expanded, I believe, to 150 properties. Um and I, I don't know. I've asked DEFA for a current status on on that. Uh, they weren't clear on what the status was. They said go and speak to Manx Utilities um, because that's something that's really important that can really aid the transition because heat pumps, they are expensive. They are more expensive than gas or oil, but they're dramatically going down in price. Again, I think it was earlier this year that um, Octopus Energy in the UK announced uh, a heat pump that was going to be built in the UK that with government uh, support in the UK was only going to cost about £3,000 to certain whole households. That's not getting too far away from a gas boiler. So that's a very attractive attractive change. That's going to improve um, and, and reduce in price. And so we need to start um, getting more Isle of Man government support for those in the Isle of Man. And one of the, 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 the um, suggestions that I'm hearing, uh, certainly uh, I think the Architects uh, Forum 
met and were told that actually um, were a little bit concerned about the uh, outlawing of fossil fuel boilers uh, in in future uh, new developments uh, because our infrastructure is not up to the task. And um, that is a concern if if it is true. um, And surely to goodness uh, we, we need to get the uh, Manx Utilities Authority needs to get at least uh, a really good, sound, robust uh, distribution network so that this uh, electrification agenda can actually um, happen. Heat pumps can definitely work in the Isle of Man. We've got government-sponsored reports uh, from experts from the UK that show that the case. Um, um, And we've got so many examples now of heat pumps working really well in the Isle of Man. Um, They work all around the world in the coldest climates. Climates much colder than the Isle of Man and, and really effective. But they do need electricity. Uh, and, and I think this was the suggestion. If if every new home has this requirement for electricity for the heat pump, um, there the, the was a suggestion, and maybe MUA can come on a future program and um, knock this suggestion on the head if it's if it's incorrect. But uh, that, that actually the the network wasn't capable of delivering. Uh, what the the policy was suggesting at this stage that's not to say it shouldn't or, or you know work couldn't be done to make it uh, but that would be a concern if, if that's the case. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be so concerned about that. Heat pumps run constantly pretty much on a, on a lower level. The bigger issue is if we get loads of electric vehicles going on. So we have the spike in energy consumption is between 5 and 7, 8 o'clock at night. And um, especially in December, uh, um if you've got lots of people coming home from work all plugging in their electric vehicle at once, then then that's an issue. But we've got means to soften that curve, um, uh, that spike, sorry, um, by having different pricing mechanisms. They've currently got pricing mechanisms where you can get a uh, lower charge if you charge your car uh, later in the evening and, and times like that. Um, so and, and especially in summer when we've got huge solar yields right in the middle of the day, um, you could have maybe you could offer free charging in the middle of the day from the Isle of Man government. And that could really soften the spike um, for later in the day. Um, if it was so, if they're so cheap to generate solar at that time, you're just passing that through to the consumer. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I haven't seen that concern lodged specifically against heat pumps, but more against electric vehicles because of the spike that takes place when they char- go on charge. There is no doubt, listening to you, that you are ver- a very passionate advocate for the need to move to a decarbonised uh, uh, future. Um, what would you say to the people, and I, and I should say we're starting to, to reach the end of the programme now, so I have to be reasonably brief on this, but what would you say to to people who are listening to this who are still uh, somewhat cynical and a little bit lukewarm to the whole idea of uh, moving in in the uh, direction of decarbonising. That's a great segue, Phil, because they should come along to the Isle of Man Green Party Conference <laughs> on Saturday, the 25th of November in Ramsey, Ramsey Courthouse in the afternoon, starting from 2 p.m. We've got some three incredible speakers, one on artificial intelligence, one on climate change communication, and one on transforming education. And so come along, engage with the Isle of Man Green Party, bring your questions along and hear from some expert speakers about how we can transform our society to benefit everyone. And that's what the Green Party is about. And um, more renewable energy and transform 
transform our society now to invest in our children's future, but also in our future now, that's going to be better, make a more harmonious, more uh, um, better, um, lower emissions, lower damage society for our environment and for the people who live in it. Well, Andrew Langan-Newton, are you chair of the Green Party? I'm, I'm the leader. Le- leader of the Green Party. Thank you very much for attending. Despite the theme music, this is agenda, not perspective. I'm not quite sure how I managed to get the perspective music in. Um, but uh, normal services will definitely be resumed next week. Um, so what do you think? Is this just scaremongering? Is there actually a real need for uh, quite dramatic change on the Isle of Man? Uh, does the Isle of Man's contribution not really make a hip of the difference? Um, let me know your thoughts by contacting Phil Gorn at manxradio.com. Um, I'm Phil Gorn. Go to Myos and Geisha Grum. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.